Welcome to The Third Web, a podcast about next-generation blockchain technology and its applications. I'm Arthur Falls. In today's episode, we look at SpankChain, an adult entertainment cryptocurrency payment system built using Ethereum. Currently, financial intermediaries in the adult entertainment industry exploit their position to impose arbitrary rules on content by refusing to serve participants who produce content they find objectionable. The effect of this is to persecute already marginalized groups, like trans men and women, as well as severing the income of both individuals and businesses in a $100 billion industry. Using a novel Ethereum-based tech stack, Amin Soleimani and Janice Griffith aim to liberate the adult industry from exploitation by evil financial intermediaries. This episode contains graphic descriptions of pornographic content, so if that makes you feel uncomfortable, you're going to want to give this one a miss. Take a moment now to stop this recording. What is the problem that Spank Chain is aiming to solve? Well, the thing about the adult industry is that we have many, many problems that need solving. And Spank Chain sort of addresses a handful of them. Um, one of the things that we deal with is discrimination from our payment processors. The paywalls that are in place have their own private ethics that they impose on websites. So say your payment processor doesn't like blood, then you don't get to use blood in your content, whether it's legal or not, just because they don't like it and you can't find someone else to process your payments. Um, past that, they take a huge cut of your profits. So you're not making nearly as much money off of, you know, each sale or transaction, what have you. And generally just the lack of innovation in technology and pornography, because typically we're the first industry to push forward, but we're sort of stuck when it comes to billing. Right. And I just to make the point, when you say blood, you're referring to actual menstrual blood, which is not, uh, not objectionable in any way if we're, if we're talking about, um, you know, if we're talking about an actual act. Specifically in this case, I am talking about menstrual blood because we cannot show it in pornography as of right now. Although I'm sure there could be some instance where blood would occur naturally without harming someone else as well. I just can't think of one. <laughs> What's critical about this is that these are not imposed by a regulatory body. These are just the actual payment processes uh, who will refuse to service a producer of this particular type of entertainment content. Um, that is featuring this content. Exactly. In the same way that some websites don't allow rough sex strictly because their payment processor deems it as inappropriate, even though it's consensual between two agreeing adults. And what is the effect that this has on the performers themselves? Well, we're not able to create content that you know, we want to personally, I would love to create content where I openly have my period because I shoot porn while I have my period. I'm not going to take 25% of the year off of work. You know what I mean? So the fact that we have to hide something so natural, it 
perpetuates the stigma that we already have surrounding women's bodies. So, you know, aside from the period thing, it's just crazy to have a filter on the content that you can create that isn't imposed by the government. It's madness. This is, uh, and, and this is because this is actually the second time we're, we're, uh, we're broaching the subject. Um, this is exactly the problem with financial intermediaries and with centrally controlled money. I mean, this is it. This is why Bitcoin and the libertarian movement is so obsessed with free money. It's because if you give a central authority control over funds, or I should actually uh, rephrase that, any authority or any force that has control over funds is a central authority and can influence extensively anyone who relies on the ability to exchange value. And this is exactly what's happening here. And I think the reason it's happening here is that people get a bit squeamish when they talk about pornography. I think that's it's it's a taboo subject for some reason in like this porn <laughs> in a uh, in a like pornography steeped culture as um as kind of both the US and basically all of the West is. It's uh the whole world. Sorry to cut you off, but the whole whole world. Sex has sold, sex will sell, sex will never stop selling. We are a recession proof industry. That identifies the problem and just the complete ludicrous nature of it. And what's really strange as well is that this hasn't really been broached in the public blockchain space by a project until now. And I think that pornography could be the first real world application of blockchain technology. Realistically, because, you know, you, what, what do we buy with, with Ether now? I've never bought something like yeah, that. Yeah, right now you can basically only use your Ether to buy tokens. <laughs> Uh, so with SpankChain, you'll be able to do lots more. Before we dive right into SpankChain, let's look at the market itself. Let's look at the market topology because I'm, I've just spoken with, um, although I'm going to re-record an, an interview with SingularityNet, which is a essentially a two-sided AI component marketplace. And I've just recorded an, an, well, I'm about to publish an interview with, uh, with Yonatan Seller of YouNow. Uh, and that is a... Um, that's also a an online uh, entertainment two sided marketplace, um, not uh, not adult industry related at all. They're similar because you have a network of producers and a network of consumers, usually controlled by a central intermediary. And so the pornography industry is a classic example where you have individual producers, but they're beholden to large distribution services and also large payment processing services. And so if we can disintermediate these two, uh, these two um, silos of control, then you can really bring all of the value that make those businesses profitable and put it into the pockets of the people on both sides of that market. Yeah. Um, so we originally, I thought SpankChain was a, a good idea because you know I was working on payment channels at Consensus and then I left and then I was like, man, this, you know, this live cam seems like a great use case for payment channels. Um, then we started doing a little bit more research and then we found out about the embedded discrimination that's in the financial system against the adult industry. And we realized that like actually for performers and businesses in the space, uh, the use case of the blockchain for them is being able to store their money on a system that will never close down their account, right? That's a blockchain. It's like inclusive and permissionless. And so what we are now focusing on is building the infrastructure that can allow us to migrate that economy 
over onto Ethereum. And so that's why we focused on scalability and, and, and payment channels in order to uh, make this migration because once we have most of the commerce uh, of, of the adult entertainment industry running on, on SpankChain and, and on Ethereum, then uh, we don't need to deal with the censorship that is imposed by the payment processors and the banks that they serve. I also am really excited about SpankChain because we're not industry adjacent. We're like, I'm a part of the adult industry. We have performers' best interests in mind. We are actively communicating with the people that we're working with. Instead of being next to the industry, we're becoming a part of it. So many people want to work alongside of adults or, you know, benefit or profit off of adult without actually stepping into it. And that's where Spank Chain differs because we fully embraced the, uh, we're called Spank Chain. <laughs> we fully embrace the adult branding. We're not ashamed of being in the space that we're working in. And that's one of the biggest things because so many payment processors are ashamed to be associated with us or it goes against their terms of service or code of ethics. Like JP Morgan and Chase closed down adult performers bank accounts a couple years ago. Um, if they see PayPal accounts being used for adult transactions, they can close down your PayPal account, even though you can pay for memberships on large adult sites with your PayPal account, but you can't do individual transactions because you know, whores are too risky. We're a part of, we're becoming a part of the industry instead of just watching from the outside and hoping to scrape off the top. Yeah. If you, if you look at, you now, like, you know, I'm sure that lots of their, uh, user base is centered around adult content. Uh, even though you now doesn't own up to it. Uh, so for us, for, for, for them, it gives them the option of, of masquerading as not, uh, an, an adult app, which helps them, you know, get into the app store and etc. But uh, for us, when we decided to call ourselves Spankchain, it was partly because we use that as a signal to show everyone in the adult industry that we're never going to turn our back on them. So, how big is the uh, how big is the adult entertainment industry? Hundred billion dollars. It's huge. The amount of porn that's consumed by the adult by the world is literally mind-boggling i can go to any city in the world and be recognized on the street truly really yes i've been to like the outskirts of japan of tokyo i've been to like the middle of nowhere in london like costa rica south america i like it's it's almost it's actually scary um and that's just me alone I've gotten, you know, I've shot porn in different countries. I like the adult industry is huge. And that's another thing that Spank Chain addresses. So many people want to consume pornography, but can't exactly find the way, the most effective way to do so that fits their needs, such as, you know, they don't want it to show up on their bank statements or they don't want it to like show up in the mail. And with blockchain technology, it can be semi-anonymous. You know, if you're paying with Ether, you don't have to worry about your bank account showing like Pornhub premium subscription monthly in your statements. Um, and I think with that, we would be giving more money directly to the people who are producing the content, like the performers instead of the, you know, bigger name 
companies and more people would be able to openly consume their pornography, which would not only benefit us, but I feel like people's sexuality in general, like we could have a healthier relationship with our own sexuality if people were allowed or given the opportunity to explore it in a, I guess, in a way with less obstacles. If there weren't so many hoops to jump through to get to pornography and to feel comfortable and shameless about consuming it, more people would feel safe and okay admitting that they were, you know, watching porn. Because the obstacles themselves attach that stigma uh, that kind of perpetuates this uh, this shame around what is a perfectly innocent and broadly enjoyed pastime. Yes. Well, the enemy of shame is to be shared. You know, like when you feel ashamed, the last thing you you want is someone to know about it. So that's the way to destroy the stigma is to just talk about it. We're, we're talking about porn. We're participating in porn. We're watching it. We're producing it. It's the only way to end it. So we just have to be honest. Yeah, part of our mission with Spank Chain is to uh, continue uh, pushing uh, this movement of sex positivity. Uh, and we hope that it's more generally accepted. Uh, and we think that there's like a guilt and shame bubble, uh, like a cultural bubble around uh, watching pornography that we want to pop. And typically people of color and, you know, trans or queer generally marginalized people are the ones who suffer the most under the discrimination, you know, in the world in general. And just as that exists, everything trickles down into the sex industry as well. Like if there's racism in the world, there's racism in the sex industry. There's sexism in the world. There's there's sexism in the sex industry. Um, We don't live in a bubble in that sense. So these payment processors unfairly target these already oppressed people like uh, trans women have a hard time getting on campsites or clip sites because there's not a category for them. It's either straight women or gay men. A lot of sites just are like, sorry, fuck off. We don't want your money. Find someone else to help you take money. There's so much money in this industry. People are begging to give us money. And we're like, I'm sorry, I don't know how to take it. It's, it's a really silly problem. And I think with Spank Chain, we could really give all of these marginalized people a leg up and sort of equal the playing field because it's time. Getting down to the financials. So you say it's a $100 billion a year industry. Um, how much of that goes to payment processes? So you can, uh, a lot of it's just the you know, transaction. So if you look at the transactional costs normally, it's like 3%. Uh, if you look at uh, payment processors in adult, you have something like like a popular one is CC Bill, which charges 10 to 15%. Um, so probably I would guess uh, 5 to 10 million or 5 to 10 billion uh, of that, of the 100 billion, if you accept that number, is, is the uh, range. So what percentage of that market do you think you can capture? Yeah, I think, I think we have a reasonable chance at, at taking you know some somewhere between one percent and ten percent of that market uh this is intended to be a play for domination uh we win as spank chain when the entire adult industry runs on our infrastructure and services so what we have to do is survive long enough 
that we make that future happen. I also, um, a big, a large chunk of the money in adult goes away. It's taken from performers and given to the clip sites that they host their content on. Like a very popular site, manyvids.com takes, I think 40% of each sale that you make. So performers are only getting 60% of the marketed price of a product. So with Spank Chain, we would typically take less fees, therefore redistributing the wealth and helping performers make what they should be making. So wait, so from the fees alone, at 1% of uh, $15 billion, we've got uh, $150 million annual sales. That's, that's your initial... Um, that's your assumed initial penetration, right? So I was, I was saying, uh, what, what was it? Five to 10, uh, I, I see what you did there, Arthur. Five, five to 10 billion uh, market size for payment processors. Okay. And then I said one to five of that. So if it's uh, the upper end of that, which is like 10% of five billion, that's $500 million. Uh, and we're talking about revenue, um, right? Because this is a yearly annual revenue. So... Uh, typically, if if you're you know if you're trying to price something, uh, if if you're talking about a company that has revenue, you do the EBITDA 10x, like EBITDA for growth companies, tech companies. So uh, it would depend on what our cost structure is like. Uh, if we're earning you know 500 million dollars, but uh, could be probably a unicorn if we are doing that. So. That's just from payment processing. So do you have any ambitions to other parts of the industry? Yes. So the other parts of the industry are uh, a lot of it's advertising revenue uh, and a lot of it is actually content, right? So we're going to be launching our own cam site. Um, it'll just be called Spank Chain. Um, and we'll be charging uh, something like 5% uh, as a fee for using our cam site. Now, this includes the payment processor. This includes the video hosting and it includes all of the costs of, of using the campsite. Uh, and so we're trying to do at least 10 times better than the existing industry and the existing industry sort of status quo for cams is uh, 50% starting. And then if you work at that for a while, you can get it down to 30%. And as uh, Janice said earlier, uh, many vids takes 40%. Many vids is a different type of uh, content distribution app. It's a clip site. So people upload their videos that they make, uh, and pictures, and, and then they can, can... Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, and then you buy them individually yeah, instead yeah. of like a subscription-based model. Right. But they do have a subscription sort of situation as right. well. But that's... that's a, then when you apply tax after that, so you've gone from 50% of your income or of your, your, your revenue has gone from from payment processes and, uh, and hosting fees, I guess you would call it, um, 50 to 60%, and then of that... Uh, you're paying, what, probably 30% tax. So you're getting down to a third of your actual economic value is being taken away by either intermediaries or by a tax authority. Yes, and for campsites, um, girls don't get paid to just be online. They only make money off of tips, and tips are tipped in tokens. And each token, I think, is $0.10 cents to purchase, but when a girl receives a token, it's only five cents. So they're liter we're literally working for nickels, and um, they're still taking fifty percent. 
Yeah. Like we're getting nickels thrown at us and they still are taking 50%. Yep. So there, this is just the way that the industry has been the whole time and no one has stepped in to change it. There has been no breakthrough in innovation. Everyone has been like, Oh, VR, like VR porn. Ah, but we're not really in innovating in the sense of payment processing and how we can distribute content and how we can accept payment. Because like I said, people are begging us to take their money. So this, yeah, it sounds like this is the ultimate industry ripe for disruption. Oh, that, I would agree. I mean, we're, that's why we're doing what we're doing, right? That's Arthur? the idea. <laughs> Turning now to the Spank Chain white paper. <laughs> so the Spank Chain ecosystem, can you discuss the platform layers? Yeah, sure. So uh, it's, it's sort of modeled after Gnosis. Uh, there's a, a core layer, um, which is free, smart contracts, open source uh, code. So smart contracts that we want to build with the core layer are uh, like identity and our payment channels contracts. For identity, I'm talking about uh, a contract where performers can register and that will store their profile information, like links to their social media profiles. And it's supposed to also connect to their Ethereum address so that as soon as a performer signs up, uh, they'll be able to receive ETH gifts and they'll be able, like anybody will be able to use Adapt to look them up. Uh, and send the money without any intermediaries. Uh, the other things at the core layer are our Vinos payment channel wallet, which will be open source and uh, will be able to be used in the browser. Now, on top of this layer, we are building our own services. Uh, and then we are on top of that layer, there's applications. Uh, we'll build some of those, and then some of those will be built by third parties, uh, maybe with support from us. Uh, so the services will include things like um, our payment channel hub, uh, video streaming, content hosting, uh, what you see is what you get, website editor, uh, advertising networks, and affiliate networks. Uh, and the apps will be things like our campsite, things like the red light district uh, clip site that we're building in partnership with District 0x, and uh, other third-party applications uh, of that style that are maybe more uh, a custom UI or built in partnership with a different uh, company uh, or it is a white label of our campsite uh, and intended for maybe fetishes or a different language uh, and things like that. Okay, so I've got questions about all different layers here, um, starting with uh, SpankChain Core. So I've just recently started here hearing talk about uh, Mini Raiden, uh, the um, the the single um, single hub payment channel network, micro Raiden, pardon me. Is that are you going to be using something like that or um, or your own uh, bespoke implementation? It is our bespoke creation. So we actually created uh, the Machinimi payment channel library before micro Raiden came out, uh, and we had already integrated it into our Vinos uh, payment channel wallet in the browser. Uh, when micro Raiden came out, and then once I talked to Heiko, I realized that they had this cool thing too. Uh, it would have saved everyone work had we coordinated a little bit better, but uh, multiple implementations helps with redundancy. Uh, neither micro Raiden nor Machinimi, our payment channel library, is compatible with Raiden at the moment anyway. Uh, so it's it, we don't lose anything from not using micro Raiden at the moment. I think uh, Micro Raiden does ERC20 transfers as well, 
Uh, and we are working on upgrading our library to do that too. Uh, I think these are, this is represents it's it's a it's way simpler than Raiden, so I think it'll start being used much faster. And you can get pretty far with unidirectional ether and token transfers in a payment channel. That's also one of my favorite things about Spang Chain is I was not a tech person prior to this, and I can understand it. <laughs> there are a lot of um, you know aspects of this world. Like when he was describing that, I was like, okay isn't our thing simpler than that? <laughs> and that's a really important part of Spang Chain, you know, in my opinion, because a lot of the people who will be using it or integrating it into their websites won't really care about the tech, just that it works. So the fact that it's simple and easy to wrap your head around and applicable is everything. Sorry to interject. No, not at all. That's the deal. So the ad network. Now you mentioned ads, but, and we were just trying to, Trying, trying to divine the potential value of, uh, of Spank Chain. We didn't talk about advertising in any way. So what, how, how valuable is advertising in the porn industry? Advertising is everything in the porn industry because we have sort of shifted to a place where very few people actually pay for porn. And sites like Pornhub and Xhamster and uh, Xvideos sort of run the internet. Like you cannot go anywhere without finding an ad for fucking hot singles near you or like a cartoon game that makes you nut in 10 seconds, you know, what have you, depending on your internet search. I'm sure you've all seen those kinds of advertisements, whether or not you're going to, <laughs> whether or not you're going to a pornography site or not. So Pornhub is able to be free because of their advertising. They make enough money off of ads that they don't have to charge for videos. Companies like MindGeek do things where they shoot. So MindGeek owns browsers, Reality Kings, Mofos, Twisties, Babes, and Pornhub. They own and digital players. Yeah, it's like eight out of ten of the top tube sites. Yeah, so they own all of the big sites. And they shoot scenes specifically to get ad shots. Like I've shot a scene where they, where I showed up and they were like, Hey, we want these three key shots because we're going to cut it into an ad. It's insane. The amount of effort that gets put into the, you know, ad sales of the pornography industry in this day and age. Do you get a, uh, do you get compensated per impression uh, with, uh, for those ads? No, I would, I would be retired on an Island somewhere if I got even like a half of a royalty of the work that I've done. This seems really weird because, you know, the traditional, my, my brother is an actor in the uh, traditional um, acting industry. Are you <laughs> saying that I'm not a real actress? No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying that at all. But um, he, he did really well off being in a bunch of ads and um, that sustained him for a really long time and didn't seem to take him that much work either. If I had... I have more views on Pornhub than there are people who live in the United States. But I've never seen a royalty off of anything that I didn't produce myself. That's insane. That's really crazy that 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 this part of the industry hasn't evolved to in, in step with the rest of kind of Hollywood and um and the the TV production industry because yeah, I mean that's 
that's a standard thing, certainly with uh, with advertisement. It's totally skewed. And because we're not a part of the regular mainstream entertainment industry, we slip through the cracks of fairness and regulatory business because no one wants to talk about pornography. Even in the law, technically we are like OSHA, like health and safety regulations for the workplace. We don't have special safety regulations. We're technically supposed to follow the same rules as I think, don't quote me because I'm not 100% sure here, but we're following the same rules as like doctors and like restaurant people where we can't share fluids. You know, like if a doctor spit on you, that would be really bad. But if I'm on set and I spit on my coworker's penis before it goes inside of me, it's a little bit different. But anyway, my point is, um, even in terms of regulation, everyone is so too scared to talk about pornography. So we can't innovate our industry because people are too scared to talk about it. So we're just stuck in a circle jerk of screwing each other out of money. So there's no PAG, like Porn Actors Guild? No, we have APAC, which is the Adult Performer Advocacy Committee, but they don't really have much power yet. We're working on it. <laughs> this is, it's just not something that you really think about. You know, when you think about pornography, it's something that um, certainly people from my generation just takes for granted. Um, <laughs> it's something that just materializes um, on the internet um, as a matter of course. You just can't avoid it. It's awesome. Um, so... Okay, let's getting into the actual technicals of Spank Chain Core. Can you can you explain the uh, the performer registry? I mean, yeah, sure. Um, so one of the problems uh, that in web systems today is fractured identity. So if I'm a performer uh, and I want to cam, for example, or sell my content uh, on a number of different cam sites or clip sites, I have to go ahead and make an account on each of them and uh, put in my personal information and do the age verification. Uh, and also once I do that and upload my content to a couple different sites, I have like parts of my identity in different places, uh, parts of my content in different places. Uh, it's, it's, it's annoying to transfer between apps and it creates, uh, an element of vendor lock-in for the, uh, application, uh, provider. Right. And also potentially unsafe depending on the security of whatever platform, you know, the performer is submitting their information to and having so many places to submit their information just heightens the risk. Yeah. Every additional place that you give out sensitive personal information increases the risk that it'll get leaked. So with the performer registry, you register as a, as a performer and we'll have uh, an ENS like system to manage uh, performer screen names on the platform uh, and then you'll be able to store your content for that uh, off-chain uh, in distributed file systems like IPFS and Swarm. Uh, and also, if you want to control the sales, you'll be able to uh, sell, encrypt that data and then uh, only give out decryption keys when somebody wants to buy it. Um, and so the idea behind the performer registry is to be able to link uh, a bunch of applications on our platform together so that uh, no single application can lock you in. Uh, it, makes, it should make it easy for performers to pick up a new application and 
uh, start camming on it or start selling their clips on a, a new site. So it, uh, it it decouples the identity from the the UI of whatever website you're using, and it stores the identity data on the blockchain. So did you say that you were considering um, performing yourself a meme? He was just... He was... Only with you. <laughs> Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be many, uh, there'll be all kinds of disappointed men and women around the world to hear that. They'll be missing out. But thank you very much. I, the idea of a of an exclusive show is greatly appreciated. You, you should see it, the actually. ideas I have for some of the promotional things. He's really upset about it. I I think everyone on the Spank Chain team is an evil genius, and I'm thrilled to be working with everyone. <laughs> Can you tell me a bit about the Spank Chain uh, cam site that you you discussed? Yeah. Uh, so with SpankChain, uh, we have the benefit of not needing to invent entirely new classes of user interaction like prediction markets. The SpankChain campsite will be similar to campsites that already exist. Because um, there's a pretty standard model. There's a pretty campsite. standard model for how it works. Uh, there's public uh, live uh, tipping shows. So you can join as a, a viewer without having to pay anything and you watch the show and the performer typically does a like striptease that uh, and 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 periodically asks for additional tokens uh, or, or money as a bounty in order to do uh, increasingly interesting things. Let let me let me speak here. So models typically um, get on cam and then they have goals, not bounties. It's usually their tip goal. It's a goal. Um, and then some models don't even get naked. There are a lot of sites that are catered specifically just for people to hang out and spend time together, which is the way that most of these models make a living is they're regulars, they're friends who want to just come and spend time with them. But a regular show goes model will do X at tip goal. Number one model will do Y at tip goal. Number two, and they have a tip menu. If you tip X amount of tokens, they'll, flash their boobs or you win a Polaroid of them or they'll send you cookies. You know, models do so many things now online, which is why it's more than just this, the sex industry. It's really catering to more people who have social skill, like social skill issues or, you know, don't have a lot of friends or agoraphobia. It's a way that people are making connections online. Yeah. Some people call it like therapists who get naked. Yeah. I mean, we're definitely not qualified to be therapists, but I definitely know that they feel more comfortable telling me their problems about their wife with my tits half out than going to actual therapy. <laughs> right. That's amazing. And probably a, be a far more pleasant experience. Yeah. So so our campsite will support public tipping shows, as, as we just described, and we'll also have private uh, metered access shows where you pay per second uh, to, to watch the show. Those typically are like, you know, $5 a minute. And they run for about 10 minutes um, or longer, depending on the audience. We don't plan to stray too far from the typical campsite structure, just improving where, where yeah. little tweaks. All the payments will be done through our payment channel wallet. Uh, it should be seamless. And if you, as a user, switch between our multiple different campsites that support our wallet, it all your money will be there and it'll be as if you're using the same application which is a really big deal because there are so many different campsites at this point. Um, like my free cams and chatterbait. If you have an account on my free cams, you can't use that same account on chatterbait to tip your model friends. 
Yeah, the other side of the coin, I guess, for the identity and the performer registry is is that if you have a singular uh, user wallet that is interoperable with a number of sites, uh, you also solve the identity fracture problem for users. I love to solve an identity fracture. You'd love Sybil. <laughs> I mean, we've we've really gone over this whole thing. We we haven't looked at the token model, and I generally, as a rule, I don't. I'm I'm trying not to really cover the specifics of tokens, but just because this is such a unique and kind of, I mean, I want to say, it's weird to say it, but viable idea. Isn't that a crazy concept? Yeah, well, really. Um, so so can you explain the token model, I mean? Yeah, sure. Or, or Janice? Yeah, uh, no, it's probably him. I'll, I'll, I'll take <laughs> you, this one. You're right. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> um, so the, the token model, uh, we... Uh, basically copied Gnosis's token model. Uh, we added some cool things uh, of our own. Uh, so we have a two-tier token model. Uh, you have Spank and Booty. So we are we have minted one billion Spank tokens, and uh, you take your Spank and you put it in the Spank Bank smart contract, and that will every month. Uh, mint a new amount of booty that will target a total booty supply of 20 times the previous month's usage of booty. Now, uh, you cannot passively stake your spank uh, because we've introduced a uh, participatory verification game called Proof of Spank. So if you would like to earn booty from your spank, you need to uh, participate in the proof of spank verification game. So what that means is what we'll do is every 10 minutes, uh, in, in order to solve the problem of uh, age-verified models swapping out of live cams, so you'll have you know somebody who's age-verified, they're, they're camming, but then suddenly they leave the camera and somebody who's underage comes on. Now, it's impossible to verify this unless you're watching all the cams all the time, but instead of doing that, we're creating an economic game. So every 10 minutes, we're going to pick one live streaming uh public show like performer at random uh and then we're going to generate four random numbers between one and 20 uh they're going to have to recite those four numbers and then pick one of them and spank themselves that many number of times uh from there uh the spank uh the stakers given that this performer does spanking things yeah uh so, so so just to be clear spanking is very popular uh in live camps yes so uh, we, we thought it would be fun to incorporate this as part of our verification game, which would only make it more effective. So, Just uh, stating that it would only be consensual. Yes. <laughs> everything is obviously, everything we say is implied consent. Yep. So uh, the, the, the stakers of Spank and the Spank Bank uh, would then every 10 minutes have to uh, participate in a token-weighted vote about whether or not the Spanker, the model selected at random uh, to do the spanking, uh, is in fact uh, who they say they are in their profile, like that the, the current performer matches their profile. So if they do, then everything's great. Uh, if they don't, then the performer will have their account reviewed and potentially closed down uh, because they were underage or somebody was underage was using their profile. Or not even underage, but the, whoever's ID was on file was not the person who yeah. was appearing on camera. Rather than it being an age thing, it being a verification of identity. And so for users, right, uh, this encourages you to come to Spank Chain uh, and uh, 
participate in uh, some number of proof of spanks every month. And so we might not make it that you have to participate in every single proof of spank in order to get booty. We might make it that if you want to get booty for the month, you have to participate in at least one proof of spank a week uh, to get like 80%. And if you do it every day, then you might get 100%, uh, some sort of curve. Uh, but we haven't uh, released details about that yet. Uh, this is just what we're uh, thinking about right we're now. We're figuring out how much porn we can make people watch before it's aggressive. It'll be fun too because they're you know you're watching a thing every ten minutes it switches and you can go and tip the new model and then they're excited because it's like for them they like won the oh, lottery. I'm, I'm joking. Like all, I know all that people want to horny keep dudes just showed porn. up and and they want to give you tips and and they're, you're just going to spank yourself. It's good. it should be fun. It should be great. We're in the porn phase of blockchain adoption. Uh, so many hedge funds and firms are looking at, you know, we, we only do invest in infrastructure and protocols, right? And I talk to them like, that's fine. Just make sure the first app uh, coin you buy is in porn. The thing is that porn is something that drives so many platforms until they become successful, then they, they delete it. Like Patreon recently, I think I mentioned this, um, Adult content was loosely allowed on Patreon. It was sort of a loophole situation in their terms of service. And now their terms of service explicitly ban adult content, even though Patreon got its following and it blew up because queer performers and people of color were using that platform to host their content. And now that the con the platform has gotten large enough, they're like, oh, okay, thanks for your help, but like, no, okay, bye. Like, we don't we don't want you anymore. And a couple of adult content performers and creators have actually sat down with the head of Patreon and spoken at length with them about it. And they said that they would be happy to have another meeting with her, and then they just canceled it. They, they were like, sorry, we're not interested in meeting with you further. And it wasn't until she tweeted a screenshot of the email that they replied from their official Patreon Twitter. And we're like, we're so sorry. This is not how we intended to handle things. Like we'd love to, we'd love to meet with you again. So it's interesting the way that people use the buzz and attention of pornography and adult content to gain a following and, take people's money until it doesn't suit their, their ethics anymore. Yeah. Spank chain will never have that problem because we're spank. Chain. It's called spank chain. So where can, uh, where can people find out more about spank chain and how can people get involved and what is the plan? No, before we even get to that, what's the plan moving forward? Uh, yeah. So, uh, we are filming this Sunday at 7 PM on the last day of our token sale. Uh, I have, uh, I'm hopeful that we'll complete the token sale and then it'll be a success. And moving on, we'll be growing our team for Spank Chain, uh, expanding our LA and San Francisco offices, uh, and looking to gear up to deliver our CAM site and associated modules by Q1 of 2018. Uh, if you want to find out more, you can go to spankchain.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, we're SpankChain. And uh, join our Discord and chat with us. How much? How much have you raised so far? We're about we're a couple hundred thousand dollars short, I think. So we're at about four and a half million when I started uh, this interview. Out of and we need about five. I would have thought this had been because you know when I invested, I'm not going to say what I put down as valuation. Um, 
Great token sale me- mechanic, by the way, the, uh, the, the auction model. But I valued it re- really, really highly. People are scared to invest in porn. People are scared to, to publicly or even privately put stake in something that is adult con- content. It's that taboo. Even though we have every person that we've met with from the adult industry is so excited and like ready to work with us. Like Caden Cross of TrenchcoatX.com did one of our promotional videos or two of our promotional videos. And when we explained the concept to her, she was like, how do I use it? Can I use it now? Can I make, can we, can we put it on my website now? The, um, the explanatory video was incredible. Thanks. Yeah. The, they did a really good job. I had nothing to do with either of those videos. I casted it because <laughs> so. I thought that Caden would be nice and sophisticated. Yep. That was all the team. <clears throat> wow. I mean, great job, really. That was they, they were fantastic. Cool. Well, um, that's cool. I, I was I was thinking that maybe you wouldn't um, that you you know you might not be going to complete the sale, but obviously it's just there. There, it's like when you're you know having a nice dinner party as a sale, and then the neighbors are throwing like some kind of crazy rager, which is like you know the most dramatic Bitcoin currency wars in history. It just happens to be taking place at the exact same time as our sale. No big deal. Uh, it just means that for the people who are in the know, there's a greater opportunity. Okay. Hey guys, this has been fantastic. Um, let, uh, one more time. Uh, what was, where can people go to find out more? Spankchain.com. We're at Spankchain on Twitter. Do we have the Spankchain Instagram? Like we have one? I think so. At Spankchain on Instagram. I will start posting butts and things right away. And you can find me. I'm the Janice XXX on Twitter. Yep. Come hang out in our discord. Yes. Awesome. Will do. Hey, thanks a bunch, guys. I'll catch you later. Thanks for having us, Arthur. Thank you for listening to The Third Web. For more, visit thirdweb.net.